Hello, and welcome to The Call to Pop. My name is Brian Stevens, and with me today is a very special guest who I will get to in just a moment. But first, I wanted to do some housekeeping. We have some exciting episodes coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, I'm going to have Aaron Wetley back on to talk about HBO Max's The Little Things, starring Denzel Washington. And we are hoping to have, with Drew, a top 10 or top 5 films of the year. So that's coming up in the next couple weeks. Hopefully um, we can get that, hopefully to you, by the end of February at the very latest. So I'm having a hard time, you know, finding some of these movies. So Drew and I have been working hard to see what we can. Um, Hopefully by Oscar time we'll have our Oscars ready to go. Um, also don't forget to follow us on Twitter at call to pop. That's called a pop with a K and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash call to pop. Email us at cult of pop at gmail.com. That's cult with a K cult of pop at gmail.com. We'll read your emails live on the air. And of course I haven't asked for this in a long time, but leave us an iTunes review. Give us a five-star review. Give us a one-star review. Hopefully not a one-star review, but a five-star review. And uh, leave us a review about, and I'll read it too. I'll read that live on the air, no matter what you have to say about us. But hopefully it's good stuff. All right, uh, enough with the housekeeping. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. I'm super excited to have Carissa Maxwell. She is deputy editor at Sporting News. I know her from Vice. Uh, Carissa, thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. I'm excited to be here. We are going to talk about the Super Bowl in just a minute, and I'm super stoked to get your thoughts. But I wanted to um, introduce the audience a little bit to who you are and um, how you came to be in uh, where you're at. So I mentioned I found you on on Vice. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about your history and what got you into sports broadcasting, sports journalism, etc.? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I went to school at Penn State University where I was a journalism major and I happened to be there during this little scandal that you may or may not have heard about. Um, And (laughs) I I was a reporter for the football team at the time. So that was right around the height of when Twitter started to really take off as a medium for journalists. And at that time, there was so much news breaking so fast around the Sandusky Sandal and what was happening with the Paternos and everything else around the university. It got to a point where I was kind of feeling overwhelmed. And I'm like, I cannot write fast enough at this point. Anything I write is just completely irrelevant within an hour or so. So I'm just going to use Twitter. I'm just going to tweet. I'm going to talk to my sources, tweet direct quotes and just talk directly to my audience, not worry about traffic, because this is just too important to not get information out there as soon as you can get it. And that really kind of started the beginning of my very long and weird journey to where I am now in that, um, you know, I kind of fell in love with the power of social media and, and how fast you can get information to people and how it really provides an outlet to show off your personality and not be stuck to the confines of AP style writing and making sure it runs through an editor. And I still love and appreciate that traditional style of journalism, but I really found my niche in utilizing social media as a way to communicate with people and, um, you know, to express my own views and opinions and, and provide a little sass in different commentaries. So um, that, you know, really is what, 
I decided I wanted my path to be. I, I worked at a startup right out of college and that ultimately led me to joining Vice where I was the social editor for Vice Sports Fightland, did a stint with Munchies, so uh, sports and food, who doesn't love that? Um, and I had an amazing time, three years at Vice, doing some on-camera work, some writing, um, got to do a lot of the multimedia side and just, you know, the way this industry works, they had their round of layoffs, but I was very fortunate to get picked up right away with Sporting News in the fall of 2017, and I've been there ever since. Even that has had its challenges, up and ups and downs. We actually just got uh, bought out by a, another owner. We are no longer with DAZN, so we're in the process of really, you know, reshaping and rebranding our culture there. So. I've uh, been to a bunch of different companies, got to do a bunch of different things, but right now I'm in a position where at Sporting News, I'm overseeing our social and digital content strategy and getting a chance to be really creative and tell really interesting and powerful sports stories. And that's all I've ever wanted to do. So I am very, very fortunate to uh, be in a position where I feel like I'm able to do something I love and make some money for it. <laughs> what, um, what made you fall in love with sports? You know, it's funny because especially being a woman in sports, you know, you tell someone, oh, I like sports. I'm like, oh, well, you know, who was the pitcher on the 1984 <laughs> New York Mets? And I'm like, right, I don't know. Right. I, like, I wasn't even alive. Um, so like, right. I am the first person to say I am not about the X's and O's. Uh -huh. Like, you know, I could talk shop a little bit, but I'm not going to sit there and get into stats with you because – Quite frankly, I, I don't care. That's not why I love sports. I love sports for the human interest aspect of it. The stories that happen outside of the stadium and off the field, because I think a lot of people forget that these athletes, while they look at them as role models, at the end of the day, they're just people like the rest of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have a little bit more money, but they're still humans. They still feel and think the way that we do. And um, they have a really unique perspective. And I think it's extremely interesting to get to know these people on a human level and tell their stories and, and humanize them. Um, and with that, you know, I've met some really incredible diverse people throughout my career and, and different experiences that I've had. And it's been very eye opening. You know, I watch sports completely differently now. I don't watch them because I love that team. I watch them because I love that player or, you know, I don't like that player and it, it makes sports much more personal. So that's why I, fell in love with it. Sports and music to me are the two universal languages where, you know, everybody loves them in some capacity. So those are the stories that I wanted to tell. That's a, and so I, I know I'm kind of off the rails a little bit in what I intentionally uh, or talked to you about uh, us maybe speaking with, but I, you said something that's really interesting and I, I wanted to highlight it. Um, first of all, um, it, it is weird because, you know, I don't, I don't think that, um, you know, I asked you, how'd you get into sports? That's not a question that, um, a male would ask another male. And it is one of those things where it's a little off-putting to, to even say that question. But I, I really do think it's interesting. And you bring up a, another great point about um, these people. Be, these are human beings. And I think that I think that the way that sports are kind of evolving now, that that is more that people are, are, are looking into it, to that more people are looking at um, – some of the bigger name stars who how they got in live uh, got um, involved whether it was Black Lives Matter or um, other social uh, movements and you don't really follow teams as much in, anymore um, have you noticed that in your in your covering of sports oh yeah I mean look at this Super Bowl right how many people are actually 
Buccaneers fans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, they're cheering for Tom Brady right. because they're Patriots fans or they are bandwagon Tom Brady fans. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's just the reality of what it is now. And I think a lot of that has to do with social media. You have direct access to these players that you never had before. You know, growing up, I was a diehard Dolphins fan. Me too. And I, just, I, I am yeah, too. Oh, <laughs> Go oh, I'm, I am so sorry for your life of turmoil. <laughs> it I, sucks. I it. <laughs> Go on. But, but yeah, so like, you know, you, you love the Dolphins and, and that's your team and you love the colors. and But then as you get older and then with social media, you're able to follow those players on Twitter and you're able to see who they are off the field and you feel like you know them. And it's not so much, oh, he's a great, he's a great wide receiver. Or he's a great quarterback. It's, oh, he's really funny on Twitter and yeah. I like him. Mm-hmm. Or he has horrible... <laughs> political takes or he's this he's that and and you have more of this intimate relationship with players even though they don't know who you are Mm -hmm. but you feel like you know them uh so and and even for me too like i see myself now um you know when i'm watching football or i mean not so much basketball but when i'm watching football if they went to penn state i'm cheering for them that's just, you know, even though if, if even if we didn't go to school together, if I know they are Nittany Lion, I'm like, yeah, I hope you do great because I feel like we have something in common. Um, so that's I feel like that culture has definitely changed. Just having better access to players and knowing people on a more personal level has just made that idea of just blindly rooting for a team probably not as appealing to a younger generation of sports fans. I totally agree with you, and um, particularly in uh, baseball and basketball, the player movement is just—it's insane at this point. I mean, I you know I'm significantly older than you. I'm 39, um, and I'm from Ohio, by the way. And I won't hold it against you that you're a Penn State oh. fan. <laughs> uh, Chris, are you still there? She didn't. She didn't yeah. hang up. Okay, I thought you oh, might hung up. I thought you might have hung up when I said oh, no, no, no. I mentioned no, Ohio. No. <laughs> um, uh, no, but you know, I look at I look at some of these. Um, the player movement in, in in these two sports. And I feel like it's elevated basketball and it's kind of um, destroyed baseball. That's kind of beside the point, but you mentioned something and I think it's really, really cool is, um, you know, players like uh, Patrick Mahomes or uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody who is decently active on social media, but not like um, overbearingly, but somebody like, um, uh, help me out here. Who, who? Uh, basically, what I'm trying to say is, you have levels of activity on social media. LeBron James is a great example. He does. He doesn't spend mm-hmm. a ton of time on um, social media, but when he says something, everybody's listening, right? Oh, I mean, if he tweets even the slightest thing, we're writing about it at right. Sporting News. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, okay. Let me let me move this into another direction because. Uh, this conversation is not exactly where I expected to go, but I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> One, I, I guess I should mention I, my daytime job, my real life job. I'm the social media manager for a national franchise, so social media is my job as well. So not awesome, you yeah, get it? Yeah, so I, I find this pretty. <laughs> Never interesting. read the comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, if, if you if you learn anything from this podcast, never read the comments. <laughs> never um, read the comments. Um, in your opinion, who are some of the most fun a- athletes to follow on social media? Oh, so this is very, very new. And this is by far the nicest thing I will ever say about Tom Brady. (laughs) But Tom Brady has been crushing it on social media. I don't know if it's him or if he hired someone, but he actually is kind of funny. I mean, even today he tweeted at Sporting News in response to a tweet we did about him and and I laughed. So um, I I didn't follow him, but I scrolled through his timeline and and I was pretty proud of him. Um, You know, I... 
for me, I really like following athletes who I feel like have something of substance to say. So, you know, of course I follow LeBron James and stuff, but Martellus Bennett, he is just so, and even though he's retired now, he, even when he was playing is just a very authentic and vulnerable person who doesn't hold back and is just very genuine about his messaging. And he actually had a thread last night about just how it, basically the abuse that football players put their bodies through and their minds through. And, and it's just really eye opening. Um, so I, I've been following him for years. Um, you know, I follow, Oh my gosh, I'm trying to differentiate all the different Twitter accounts I follow per what account I'm on, you know, how it goes working in social media. You can't keep everyone straight. Uh, (laughs) but, um, it's okay. We're on a podcast. We're not on radio. You can take your time. It's so good. Yeah, no, it's so there's, there's a, a, a lot of players who just will have like a one-off good tweet here or there. To be mm-hmm. honest, I don't really follow a lot of athletes on Twitter um, because for the reasons I said earlier, like you get to know them too much. Right. And, yeah. and it kind of, it gives you a biased opinion going into it. So like in normal times, I'd be in Tampa right now for the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. And the week leading up to the Super Bowl is when I would be sitting there just scrolling endlessly through all of their social accounts, trying to find something funny. Like if they tweeted about Pokemon Mm -hmm. at one point in time or gave any reference to their favorite band, just so we had something to connect on or or jive off of when, or if I get to interview them in person. Um, But for that exact reason, I also try to avoid it because I don't want to kind of taint what I already know about that person before I get to speak to them, you know? So it's, um, and not only that, Twitter is where I just kind of, go off and have some fun and and try not to be all work related, but that doesn't always happen either. Um, But yeah, I mean, Twitter has proven to be a great outlet, especially over this past year with all the social justice movement for athletes of any caliber. You don't have to be Tom Brady. You don't have to be Aaron Mm -hmm. Rodgers. You don't have to be Patrick Mahomes. You can be on the practice squad or you can be a third stringer or dare I say it, you can be a, female basketball player or someone who doesn't get the recognition that they deserve, but they're just as athletic or just as deserving of attention, they're able to speak their mind on an equal platform. Um, So, you know, I commend all athletes that decide to use that platform to, you know, advocate for something that they believe in. Yeah. And I, I think, um, we definitely have seen the power of obviously Twitter, uh, in particular. And, uh, I I don't want to necessarily move to the negative, but, you think of you know the if it, it can be used in in a really um, <laughs> awful way um, in uh, whether it's intentional or unintentional you know I'm thinking of like Kevin Durant and his burner accounts from a couple years ago <laughs> um, or just Kyrie Irving who you know I love him as a basketball player but it just seems like he cannot keep his foot from going in his mouth and um, I, you know I, it's it's it I really. Um, it, it, it's a, it can be a lesson too for us and for other people of just like this stuff is, uh, it's in the public. And so, um, the light is shining on you when you, when you tweet something, uh, so use your powers for good. Oh yeah. I mean, it's very dangerous. I've been in situations where I've tweeted something, maybe I didn't think it all the way through, or I, you know, just may have missed something. I missed a nuance and you just get destroyed for it, which goes back to the whole never read the comments yeah, comment exactly. because, you know, it, it can be 
mentally draining? I mean, how many, not even athletes, but just celebrities and influencers in general, have you seen take a hiatus from social media just because mm. they just need a mental break? It happens. I've done that. I've deleted Twitter off my phone just because I mentally can't handle it. It, it becomes draining. And I mean, you mentioned people using it negatively. There are also athletes who thrive off that. And it's sad that when you asked, you know, which athletes I think are the best follows on Twitter, I had a hard time thinking about it, but I can tell you off the top of my head who are the worst follows on Twitter. <laughs> you do know, it, I, do it. No, I, no I you don't have to. You, like, but no, but you know, it's like you look at Aubrey Huff and Kurt Schilling and, yeah. you know, I mean, even Clay Travis, right? Like they use their platform to say things that are hurtful and just completely asinine, but they get attention for it and they thrive off that. And the more retweets they get, even if it's bad retweets, they're still going to do it because it's making them relevant. Mm -hmm. So there are people who find the good in looking for the bad <laughs> and what, you know, the damage yeah. that social media can cause. Yeah. I, um, I really appreciate this. Little, I, I, this is a conversation that I think um, deserves like a, we, we've been talking for a little bit and I, maybe I can have you back on later and we can really, really dig into it. That would be awesome. Um, but I only, I, I only have a little bit of time. So are you okay with moving on? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I really would love to pick your brain about this. Cause I, I guess I didn't know that you were I, 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 that big uh, into social media. I really didn't know. Um, I, 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 should have done better homework. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, it's totally fine. Um, so what, so you mentioned human interest pieces though. Is there anything in the Super Bowl that, I mean, everything gets just picked over and like chopped up into a million, million pieces. That's why I thought like the video, um, by the way, Krista has a video on Instagram and Twitter. Go check it out. Um, we'll, um, I'll have you plug it at the end of the episode, but is, are there any like think, any think pieces that you've read or any, um, human interest pieces that you thought were really interesting surrounding this, this Super Bowl? Um, I mean, there is a story and I'm horrible that I cannot remember his name, but I do remember seeing something a little while back about a player on the Bucks roster who opted out of the season, uh, not just because of COVID, but because he's actually a doctor in Canada and he wanted to be able to help people this season. So he opted out so that he could be a frontline worker. And of course the Bucks end up going to the Super Bowl. And I remember seeing it, like glancing over it and being like, why have I not heard this more? Like, why do I not memorize his name? Why do I not know this story? Because that's an incredible story. Uh, but it just kind of got brushed over because he didn't play this year. That is um, insane. I have never heard that. And that, I mean, I, you are in I, that is you just blew my mind that is incredible um i'm i just i think is it uh laurent duvernay tardif yes okay yes yeah yep. i just i just googled it real fast but um that is insane uh, so can you do you know any more about that situation so he's he's obviously i'm guessing from canada yes he's from canada um he is he he went to university of montreal or something so he's he's canadian um and I mean, I had never even heard of him before, again, just glancing over the story. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the point, right, is that mm -hmm. I can't tell you much more than that because that story has not been told enough and it is super deserving. And if I was in a position where I was at the Super Bowl or I could travel to Canada, you know, I would have 
done that story from a multimedia perspective. You know, I haven't written a story in years, so I wouldn't even attempt to do that because it would be brutal at this point. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> that would be a that would be a rough edit. But um, you know, I, I would have loved to have done a video on that and, and to talk to his teammates and especially talk to any of the frontline workers that are in Tampa for the Super Bowl. Um, so that's you know a story that those are the kind of stories that I love. As far as the stories that we've just had jammed down our throat um, that I do, you know, find interesting and I do talk about it slightly in the video that went up today is just how this is really a, a once in a generation matchup between mm-hmm. quarterbacks. And it sounds very it just. Yeah, I know we get it. Tom Brady's a go. Patrick Mahomes. Great. Whatever. But the reality is, is like, I mean, you're not that much older than I am. I'm, I'm turning 30 in two weeks and I'm having a hard time accepting it, but, <laughs> Happy birthday. Uh, you know, thank you. <laughs> but I feel, you know, the, one of the biggest sports debates throughout our lifetime has been LeBron versus MJ, right? Who yeah, would win? Absolutely. Who's better? Um, and, and people love to debate it because it's never going to happen. We're never going to have a definitive answer. Even if they were to go on a court right now, we all know that that doesn't prove anything because the game is different. Physically, they're different. MJ is a lot older now uh you know there there's a lot of factors that go into play so it's just this fantasy debate that people love to argue over while having a beer and that's great that is just something we can always argue over and it's all in good fun that debate is going to happen years from now when patrick mahomes is reaching the end of his career it's going to be you know who's better patrick mahomes or tom brady but we're going to be able to look back and look at the time they played each other with Patrick Mahomes being a defending Super Bowl champion and Tom Brady. Everyone counted him out. I mean, no one really counted him out, but, you know, that's the narrative. He's getting older and he's on a new team and the Bucks suck. And <laughs> there goes his career. And here he goes leading a team that has notoriously sucked the past couple of years to the Super Bowl. And you're seeing the GOAT Tom Brady play Patrick Mahomes, who could potentially surpass him and take the throne from him. And I can't remember the last time that we've seen a matchup like that in modern sports history to where we're actually gonna be able to go back and reference it. So I think that's really cool. Um, You know, I'm not a fan per se of either team. So I'm just hoping it's a good game, uh, which I know sounds just like a cop out. But (laughs) I think that that's a really cool part of history where, you know, like I said, years from now, I'll be able to look back and be like, yeah, I watched that game. I, I saw that matchup. So I think that's really cool. And um, again, you know, I wish more than anything I was in Tampa right now and could, you know, be doing stuff on that and getting people's perspective. And that's that's been the really hard part about this week is accepting, you know, Uh, missing out on on all those opportunities. Well, you know, I'm going to say I'm glad you're not there because I probably wouldn't have you on the podcast (laughs) if you were in Tampa. Uh, No, that's a great point. And I I really appreciate that. I'm struggling because. Um, I, I really do love Mahomes and I love Andy Reid and, and last year was I was really excited to see them uh, win the title. Um, but I'm I I I, I don't want to say hate because that's a strong word. I really like or I really dislike the Patriots. Obviously, being a Dolphins fan, <laughs> yes. and um, you know I've grown to despise Tom Brady as a football player. And so over the years, it's been so much fun to because they're in the Super Bowl all the time and the Dolphins are not. So I would just naturally have a team that I could root for. And I'm actually torn because um, I, I this Tampa Bay team is weirdly fun to watch, in my opinion. I actually I love their defense. And uh, I, I just I'm super excited for the Super Bowl in a weird way. I can't I don't know that I can pull myself 
to the point where I can root for Tampa Bay, but I'm almost with you in where I'm just, I just I want a good um, I want a good Super Bowl. I want a, I want a fun game between, like you said, um, probably who Tom Brady is the goat as, as hard as it is to say that, um, <laughs> and uh, maybe the his potential uh, rival down the road for for the greatest of all time, and that's uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, and honestly, they're so the styles of the two players are just so different. Even in Tom Brady's heyday, he was nothing like Mahomes, and I don't know that we've ever seen a quarterback like Mahomes um, athletically or I mean uh, into his intellect is 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 awesome as well just his ability to read defense is insane um and so I'm right there with you that that is um great so like going back let's go back to the conference championships real quick um was is this the Super Bowl that you wanted no god no <laughs> I uh <laughs> no <laughs> I did not want to see Tom Brady in another Super Bowl for every reason you just said. Um, No, I I really wanted to see a Packers-Bills Super Bowl. Uh, So, you know, obviously that didn't happen and that sucks. But, uh, you know, being a New Yorker, I wanted – and AFC East with the Dolphins, you know, I wanted to see the Bills go all the way because, as you know, I mean, I'll give Tom Brady his credit this year, but I feel like the Patriots in general – when you have to play the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins twice a year, like yeah. you, you better be good and win your division every year. You know, like mm-hmm. it's like cheers. You want a cookie? That's what's to be expected. So the fact that the Patriots weren't even really a contender this year, and it gave other teams an opportunity, which we all knew was not going to be the Jets. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to see the Bills. You know, kind of take that opportunity and and go all the way to the the um, conference championship. So I was really cheering for the for that team, and then um, my boyfriend is a huge Packers fan. So mm. if I said anything other than the <laughs> Packers, I would be homeless. But uh, <laughs> I also have uh, fallen in love with the, the Packers. I absolutely adore Aaron Rodgers. I think he's great. He's just one of the most like authentic, raw superstar athletes out there, in my opinion. Um, Anyway, he's he's got that like I don't really give a shit attitude yeah. that I just love. Um, and then Adrian Amos, who's cornerback on the Packers, went to college with him, and he was he was a good buddy of mine. So I'm really excited, you know, to see him do so well. So I was cheering very hard for the Packers, and it was very heartbreaking to see them not go. So um, there was definitely a moment right after the NFC championship where I was like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm not going to the Super Bowl. Like, I'm so happy. I don't want to be there. Um, right. That, that did subside rather quickly, but yeah, I, I would have much rather have seen two different teams. I mean, and, and I've been saying this from the very beginning of the season too, with all the challenges, both, you know, logistically and just, you know, the players opting out and same with college football, even too, like there was a real opportunity for parody this year to see teams thrive that we haven't before. Um, so, you know, while I'm happy that the the Bucks are, are one of those teams to an extent, I mean, they're basically the Patriots of the South at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're still seeing the the Chiefs there. So it would have been really cool to see Packers and Bills and, and have change of color scheme because I'm just really over the red. At this yeah, point. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's disappointing, but it's going to be a great game. And like I said, it's a historic matchup. So there's, there's definitely – a highlight to look forward to. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I I may or may not have had um some type of bets placed 
<laughs> on the Packers, um, and it may hurt a little bit that they didn't make it. Um, but you know, it, 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 that's kind of the unfortunate thing too. Is I I feel like Aaron Rodgers played so well this year, and um, it it just that game he just didn't it didn't seem like he was comfortable ever in that game. Um, it just didn't feel like an Aaron Rodgers game. Um, even down to, I know this has been scrutinized over and over again, is running that ball in. Um, as I'm watching it, I'm just like screaming at him to run. Um, but it's, I think, honestly, that um, Kansas City, it didn't matter. I, I feel like Kansas City is going to win no matter what. What are your thoughts? Do you think Kansas City is going to win? Do you think Tampa Bay is going to win? What yeah, I, I, I think it's the Chiefs are going to win it. I think it's going to be a classic, you know, Tom Brady comeback beginning of the second quarter or the second half, I should say. And everyone's going to think that they're going to take it home. But Patrick Mahomes is just going to spew his magic and he's going to win. It's going to be a close one. But I, I think it's going to be the Chiefs. I hope it's the Chiefs. Um, and I thought that was me just being bitter, but then when I got the <laughs> list of, uh, you know, the sporting news picks from our expert NFL writers, they all pick the chiefs too. So it made me feel a little bit better, but yeah, I am thinking it's going to be another chief Super Bowl. It's just hard to see anybody beating the chiefs because I feel like you have to score 30 plus points. And I just, you know, we, we've said a lot of good things about, uh, uh, Tom Brady, even though we were choking back the the tears, <laughs> uh, but the truth is, I mean, he is forty three years old, and uh, and he hasn't looked great in the playoffs. So I, I just just hard for me to imagine, no matter how um, many players on Kansas City get COVID at this point, uh, which which is also uh, another another story. Um, it just seems like there's no way that they have the firepower. I mean, he's got all these weapons, but. I just, I mean, I don't feel like he's played that well. I mean, how, what do you think? Have you, what do you see? I mean, we would really need a classic Tom Brady performance, right? Yeah. I mean, I was talking about this earlier on in the season that the numbers Tom Brady was putting up during the season, they were good for someone who is 43 years old, right? Like, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, other than that, like, it would be uh, mediocre, isn't the right word, but you know, nothing to write home about. Whereas, like you said, Aaron Rodgers had a great season. He is the league MVP, you know, like mm -hmm. he, he was producing numbers that were worthy of attention. So I was honestly surprised because I kind of wasn't really paying attention to the Bucks either because I just assumed they weren't going to be Same. that great. I, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of like snuck up on me. And when I started looking into it, I'm like, ah, I mean, they kind of got lucky, I guess, because Tom Brady's not doing anything really that spectacular. And and I, I didn't really give them the attention that they deserved. Um, and then next thing I knew, they were playing in the AFC championship. And I yeah. was like, what, wait, what? <laughs> <I was laughs> yeah. Very, very caught off guard. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, he's, he's not peak Tom Brady. It would be weird if he was, um, you know, I, one of the, my favorite things I, I love to tell when people, whenever I'm on a podcast is for the three years that I've been at sporting news, we have had a folder that has a article pre-written for when Tom Brady retires. <laughs> Oh, wow. And every year we update it. And every year that he's in the Super Bowl, 
we update it with like a little blurb about what happened in the game and we just wait for that post-game press conference to see what he says and every year that file goes back in the folder yeah right exactly (laughs) you know it's one of those things like will he won't he we don't know um so for housekeeping reasons i'm very excited to delete that file off my computer (laughs) and you know move on but uh you know it's good for him that's it's a huge accomplishment on his end but yeah i agree he's if it wasn't Tom Brady, if he wasn't the age he was, we wouldn't be having this conversation about the quarterback of the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think, you know, I look back at that that New Orleans game and, um, you know, obviously Drew Brees, the way he played in that game, is kind of how I expected Tom Brady to play most of the playoffs. And, you know, he listen, he he did not play well against the Packers. I mean, he, he, he didn't really play. He hasn't really played well in the playoffs to be, to be honest. Uh, he played good enough to win. You know, he threw three interceptions against the Packers against, you know, any other team on any other day. I think if you play that game eight, eight or uh, 10 times, the Packers probably went eight of them to be honest with you. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, and the same thing with the New, with New Orleans, I've never thought in my life I was been like, I, you know, I, I think Drew Brees is um, an amazing talent. Obviously, uh, the Dolphins could have changed their trajectory forever if they would have signed him instead of Dante Culpepper. But I was like, where's Jameis? Put in Jameis. What are we thinking? You just keep trotting him out there to throw interceptions, um, which I never never dreamed I would say. I mean, honestly, though, I knowing what I know now about Drew Brees' injuries, I am so impressed he played as well as right. he did. Yeah, you're right. Because I, I don't even know how that man walked out on the field. I mean, yeah, I, I guess, you know, that's a, that's one thing we don't talk about. And you, you mentioned Martellus Bennett. But it's like, man, these guys, uh, I'm old enough to remember when Chris Sims punctured his liver getting sacked. Like, that's car. he was like being in a car accident. I mean, these guys... Um, I, you know, I, I, uh, I pulled, I pulled my muscle and I did, I, did, I didn't get on the treadmill for, <laughs> for a month cause I, I pulled my hammy, you know, like these guys yeah. are out, these guys are out and it's it just, it's, it's amazing. You're right. And, um, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to throw shade at, at Drew, but it just, that was a, I, I lost money on that game too. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I don't know. probably stop betting on games. <laughs> I, I should probably stop betting. I'm not a degenerate gambler, gambler, I promise. Um, and I should probably just stop betting against Tom Brady is what I, is what I learned yes. um, a long time. I should learn that a long time ago, but then, but then you'd have like, you know, the, the Eagles bringing me some money and I get excited for when they play the Rams, even though I know that he's going to beat the Rams. Anyways. Um, uh, <laughs> is there anything else you want to say about the Super Bowl? Anything that you want to highlight? Um, I mean, we still have what's what's today? Wednesday. We still have uh, four days until the game, and if we've learned anything from the past year, a lot can happen in four days. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of very weird prop bets out there that are somewhat cynical, as far as you know, of course, COVID and undisclosed injuries and all that. But at this point, I am just hoping we we get there that all the players i mean i know they just came out with the development that the chief's barber tested positive for covid while giving players haircuts so that's not great um but i just hope that the players at this point can get there because to go through this whole season to go through the precautions that they've had to go through and to not be able to play the game because they tested positive or been exposed that that sucks Uh, i don't care who you are that sucks so um I'm just at this point just cheering for everyone to even just make it there. So that's that's my 
big ask because I know for myself personally, the last time I was on a plane and traveled was the Super Bowl last year. So right. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I give a lot of credit to the people who have been able to um, you know, make it this far and, and continue to do their job successfully. So I just hope all the players get there healthy yeah i'm with you and uh, you know you might have a little bit more insight than i do because well you have connections uh what would be, if like let's say um a, there was an outbreak of covid does the nfl have a plan to move the game i i haven't looked into it enough to I, i'm sure they do right they have to have a contingency plan at this point um but that's normally what Let me take that back. They have press conferences throughout Super Bowl week going over safety measures and uh, security precautions and all that just on a normal year. So I imagine if I were tuning into the virtual press conferences that they were having, I would have information on that. Um, But I have not tuned into the virtual press conferences this year because Mm I I am zoomed out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I can't do it. But I would be shocked if they did not have a contingency plan. As far as moving the Super Bowl, um, I don't know if it's so much about moving it. Uh, Logistically, you can't really change the date or change the cities because there is so much planning. There's years of planning that go. it's, It's very much like the Olympics on a smaller scale. Yeah, right. As far as all the planning that goes into putting on a, a massive championship game like this. Um, so I'm sure they have a plan. I hope they don't have to use it. I don't know what it is. I don't want to know what it is because I don't want it to happen. Right. I want yeah. the game to go off without a hitch. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that that was not only something that they had to figure out um, on their end, but I'm sure the NFLPA was in their ear about that as well because these players want to play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I... I I've been holding my breath too. And that report that came out and the, apparently the barber tested negative five times before he got a, there was a positive test on it. It's like sixth or fifth or sixth test. And it's like, you know, if you're, if you're a player, it's like, you know, you're, you have to get your haircut apparently. And it's like, what do you do? You know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And I, I, I guess you want to get your haircut a couple weeks before, before, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, I, I hope that that's not the case too, because I I can't see them moving. I mean, they're not going to do what they did in the middle of the season with the Steelers and and move games like to this isn't going to game isn't going to be played on Wednesday night. You know, I just that's not going to happen. So uh, I definitely, hopefully, we don't see you know any of the stars get. I don't want any player to get it, but you know, let's just keep our fingers crossed. Um, one thing that I just got an alert on my phone, and if you don't want to talk about this, you can just ignore me and we can move on um, before we end the podcast. But I, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, do you see who he is dating? Have you seen this news? Uh, last I heard, he was dating um, Cheyenne Woodley. Has that changed? No, that is correct. You knew that. I didn't oh. know this. To me, I'm a huge movie buff. This is the weirdest couple I've ever. I, I can. If you gave me a list and you put her name on, it would be one of the first ones I would check off. I'm just. I'm shocked. I mean. Well, you know, I I would normally uh, probably agree with you if I hadn't looked into Cheyenne Woodley when I first found out this information because I, I, there was rumors of it a while ago, and. 
she was arrested for protesting the Keystone Pipeline. In, uh, yeah, in, yeah. Um, wherever, I don't remember exactly where she was when it happened, yeah. but she's just been very uh, vocal and she's been a very progressive advocate. And if I can remember correctly, well, Aaron Rodgers has obviously been too. You know, he mm-hmm. has been very vocal and outspoken about his views on the different injustices happening throughout the world and, and his take on it. So I feel like their paths crossed in some capacity around like whether it was like the Keystone Pipeline or something. So knowing that started making sense. And I was happy for both of them because I think that that is what he needs. I mean, I don't really know much about Olivia Munn, but obviously looking back at the whole Danica Patrick situation, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the tension was on her and the reputation of being a diva and being this and being that. And the focus really wasn't on Aaron Rodgers and and that relationship kind of gave him a a bad rap. Yeah. Um, So I am happy to that. You have uh, confirmed knowledge that they are a thing. I think it's a good thing. I think it's good for both of their brands. And I wish them well, and I hope that they change the world. Yeah, apparently he was on um, Pat McAfee's uh, show, McAfee's mm-hmm. show. Is that uh, McAfee? Is that his name? McAfee. McAfee. It's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Pat McAfee. The um, his uh, his podcast, and he mentioned that um, he had been focusing on his mental health, and that she's really been a, a huge part of that. He didn't mention her by name, but he he said his uh, personal relationship uh, and. That I mean, good. I I love her. I think she's a fabulous actress and a, a good human being. And it just that struck me as uh, strange. Um, but now that you put it that way, Krista, that's why I have you on. That's why I had you on for the <laughs> for the big take. And really, we just um, we finished strong. So your final um, before we we uh, finish this, your final score and um, Super Bowl MVP. Ooh, okay. Well, Super Bowl MVP I think is going to be. Patrick Mahomes, big shocker there. Um, my score, I'm going to say, ooh, this is a good one. Um, I'm going to say 27-24. I like it. Buck, or Chiefs, so, sorry. Yeah, 27-24 Chiefs. I knew where you were going. So the, so the, so the Bucks cover, uh, it's actually a push. All right, so. Uh, stay away from from that. I, I'm t- I'm writing these down so I can make bets later. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes for MVP. Oh God! If you lose money, <laughs> don't blame me. <laughs> oh, there's no one to blame but myself. Um, uh, I actually think I'm steering clear of betting on this this one. Uh, to be to be honest with you, um, the so it's been great having you on. Is there do you want to plug anything while while you're here? Do you want to um, hand out, out out any social media handles? Anything? Yeah, of course. Um, well, you can follow me personally at Carissa Maxwell. That's with a K and one S on Twitter, Instagram. Um, and as far as sporting news goes, you can follow all of our awesome sports coverage at Sporting News on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We have a lot of exciting things happening this year. So I recommend everyone jump on board early so you can be a part of the movement that will be happening um you know sporting news is the oldest sports brand in the country it's been around since 1886 so we have a a really awesome legacy that we want to amplify this year and and bring back some traditional sports writing that has been missing from the industry for a while now so um 
exciting stuff happening. I'm really excited to be a part of it. So follow along and you can check out our latest Super Bowl video about life in the early 2000s when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl ring on Sporting News Social and our YouTube channel. So subscribe and like and share. Yes, it's an excellent video, and uh, it made me nostalgic and feel old at the same time. Uh, <laughs> yes. Thanks, Krissa, for being on. We had a really great time talking to you, and uh, hopefully uh, we can have you on again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. It was great. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of The Cult of Pop. We will catch you on the flip side.